Thank you for tuning in to a couple of Keemers podcasts. I am your co-host, Francesca. People call me Frankie. And I'm your co-host, Christopher. People call me Chris. Today we're going to talk about therapy and mental health. But first, we're going to start with our segment called Attitude of Gratitude. Yes. Attitude, Attitude of, of gratitude. gratitude. Anyway, we'll see how that works out. Um, so what are you grateful for today, babe? Well, I'm grateful for my overall health and grateful for the life that we have. I mean, I'm truly blessed every day because with these hard times with COVID and how it's impacting so many people in so many ways, you know, it could have been so much different, could have been worse than what has already transpired. So again, I'm just grateful for overall health and the life that we have. What about you, Beck? Yours are always so deep. I'd be thinking like little stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, what am I grateful for today? I don't know, I need to think about it. I mean, I'm grateful for family, because today, they was really trying my nerves. And so sometimes I like to find and be grateful in the things that maybe don't seem so great at the moment. So, I am grateful for them, even though they get all my last nerves. Yes. I know that, you know, I was sick a lot in 2020, not COVID related, don't worry. Um, But my family really was there for me. So, even when they get on my nerves like they've been doing lately, I'm grateful for them. Absolutely, and I'm grateful for family as well, um, and the love and support. Don't that be we... trying to steal. Well, I'm not trying to steal. I just want to add on by saying, you know, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for that as well because they've been very supportive and helping out and just being there for both of us, especially during um, this past year. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally am on board and agree with that. Yes, I guess you can never be too grateful, even if you're stealing somebody else's, <laughs> what, uh, their attitude of gratitude. Anyway, so, today we have none other but the best psychologist I know here to talk about therapy and mental health. You may or may not have heard of him. I have the pleasure of seeing him Every day, and he goes by the name of Chris Keemer. Everybody, welcome Chris Keemer today to our podcast. He is our resident psychologist. Thank you, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for um, joining us today, Chris. Oh, wait, yes, you are the host of this podcast. Oh, I am. You're right. Ah, thank you. Where shall we start today, Uh, Mr. Keemer? Well, in terms of talking about therapy, 
I want to start off with, you know, kind of alleviating the stigma and misconceptions that some people may have. First and foremost, it's not for, quote unquote, crazy people, as we often hear in everyday layman society and um, from even media, how they portray it in films, on TV shows, and things of that nature. Um, Therapy is designed to help people improve upon their abilities to cope, especially when the things that people have used over the years to help them cope through various situations are no longer working. You know, when you go to therapy, essentially, that's like the last resort. It's not often the first place you go to. You know, it's usually where you go to, like I said, where all the options that you're used to using, you've exhausted it, and you don't know what else to do. So you need to get a professional opinion to kind of help get you started on track again. So that's the first thing. Um, second, you know, therapy is not like going to a car mechanic where you go to one or two sessions and, oh, I'm all better. Like, no, it's a process. It took you years to go through what you went through, so it's going to take you some time to get through it and put things in a different perspective and allow yourself to heal and use the new tools that your therapist has taught you to use. Mm-hmm. to help you better cope with these things. In case you're new here, which you probably are because our podcast is new, um, Chris, and you haven't listened to our intro, wasn't just being funny and goofy. I mean, I was being goofy, but he really is. So this is prime information coming to you for free. Um, but I was just, just hearing you talk about like people going to therapy for the last resort. It doesn't always have to be that way. Um that's if you allow it to be. That's how it is for a lot of people. Yes. But, you know, you don't always have to go even when things are going poorly. You can go when things are great. Um, just to kind of get some things off your chest and talk it out with, you know, a psychologist or that's trained to, you know, help you um, with any emotion you're feeling, whether it be good quote unquote good or quote unquote bad um and then you said one other thing that I was thinking of what was the last thing you said that you know it's a last resort but it's well in terms of the getting rid of the misconception that's for crazy people and the stigma um that you know, you've exhausted all the options that you've used. No, but you said something after that. You had a point after that. What was the last point you just made? That this is a way to learn to use the tools that your therapist gives you. It was something else. I remember. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Well, other than, like I said, that it's for crazy people or that it's short-term, like going to a car mechanic things like that. Um, Therapy is not meant to judge people, although I have heard experiences, not only when I've been treating people, but um, from 
people that I know or people that I've heard stories about have had a negative experience with therapy where they have been judged or, you know, maybe a therapist says something mm-hmm. to the person and they feel as though they're not understood or no one seems to get what they're talking about. And Right. And even like that's happened to me because, I mean, I'm pretty open about you know, go. I go to therapy. I think therapy is great. I do think therapy is for everyone. Yes. Um, I don't think every therapist is for everyone. I do think, like to your point, that you could have a bad experience going to therapy, but you need to go in there with the mindset of like finding something that works for you. So if you realize after a couple sessions, this therapist is not for you, move on to the next one, find another one. And what that's going to make you feel comfortable to speak your mind and they actually have, you know, good... Because there's different approaches to therapy, just like anything else. So it's important to not get discouraged if you are like, you know, like we said, a lot of times people would go at their wits in and, you know, it's kind of hard when you're at your wits in and then you're like trying to find, you know, some help and it might not be the perfect situation or the best or like the situation that you like. Um, but there's definitely enough therapists out there. There are shortages in certain areas, depending on what you're looking for. But I would say that there, you can definitely find that there's therapists for you. You just got to, um, do a little work and, and trust a little bit and try a little bit. And I think you'll find, um, one that you really like. Like I've gone to quite a a few for different reasons in and out of therapy, like just because of my personal, you know, situations or the state of mind I'm in. I don't think necessarily it's something that you have to do weekly. You know, sometimes people just go see their therapist every couple months just to kind of sort through things. It's a personal decision. It's a personal journey. And between you and your therapist, how often you go, I know, because like when you see it on TV or like in movies, they make it seem like, I know when I went to therapy, I thought it was definitely like a weekly thing. Some people go multiple times a week. Some people go bi-weekly. Some people go monthly. Some people go quarterly. Like it's a whole situation between what you and your therapist discuss. So just be open. Right, and, you know, oftentimes I have heard people say, well, you know, why do I need to go to a therapist when I can just talk to the people I know? Well, let's just be realistic. I mean, at the end of the day, the people that you're talking to, they know you, they understand you, yes. However, that does create a bias to the point where there are going to be people who will just defend you and say whatever no matter what because they love and care for you and that's not always a bad thing but when it comes to having an honest discussion and getting a different perspective I think it's better to speak with someone who doesn't know you so they can give you a point of view that maybe you haven't heard or have been given before you know I understand the point of view that well, when it's family and friends, they know me best. Yes, and that's true. However, like I said, when you have a professional opinion, it tends to give you a perspective on things that you may not have even thought about that mm-hmm. your family and friends' perspective would never have given you. Because they're biased. 
and possibly not educated in that area. So you're just going to an unbiased, educated person to talk to and go through, you know, sort sort your thoughts and your actions out with, basically. Right, and it doesn't make you a bad person, doesn't make you strange, doesn't make you weird or crazy or any of these type, type of terms. It just means that, you know what, everything up to this point, I've tried and it doesn't seem to work as well or doesn't seem to work anymore. Help me learn a different perspective and help me find ways to understand and cope better with all that I'm dealing with. Yeah, whether it be big or small. Yeah. No matter the situation now, you know, with different types of mental health professionals, you know, there's certain levels to what types of issues they may specialize in or that they may be trained in or both. So you want to also be considerate of that when choosing a therapist to speak to and to understand Mm -hmm. um, who they are, how they operate, and what their focuses are on. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, also I think it's important to know you know, if you're a man or a woman, that may make a difference to you as far as having a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be a man and you prefer to speak with another male because maybe for, for your experiences, um, you may not have often gotten the perspective of another man for different situations, mm-hmm. whatever your preference is. That's yeah, and it could be cultural, religious, you know, and it for whatever reason too like you might want to have someone just like you or what you perceive to be just like you you know like for me you know if I was looking for a therapist that was just like me it'd be like you know a black woman um that's I was gonna say educated that's pretty silly because if you're a psychologist you are but um I don't know maybe even close to my age but I've had therapists. I've actually never had a male therapist. A lot of therapy that I went to was free because of healthcare issues. Um, and they, I think in those places, they generally sort you with this, like if you're a woman with a woman. Um, but I, and, and Christian too, like I, I wanted my, but that wasn't a staunch decision for me. I didn't have to see a Christian therapist. It ended up that way. But for me, that wasn't like a must have. I did need to kind of know what your thoughts on religion are. Um, but that's kind of something you learn in the sessions. And if you ask the questions, it's not usually something that's outright discussed unless it is like maybe a Christian agency or something like that. It just all depends where you're at. But, you know, I also saw like, maybe I don't want to have a therapist just like me because that will offer different experiences because they're people too, you know, they're educated and they've seen a lot of stuff, but they're only human. So, um, maybe I wanted someone, I, I've definitely thought of this, of someone that isn't, isn't just like me because that might even offer that much more of a sounding board, um, depending on what you're going for. So it's just kind of what you want in your comfort level. Like if you want someone just like you, you could probably find it. But if you want someone that, or it doesn't matter, then there's definitely that too, so. 
Yeah, no, that's definitely true. And, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking of the idea of confidentiality. I know for some people, they may have had the experience of going to therapy and they hear this spiel during the intake session about confidentiality and how it's, you know, not broken. And that's true. It's not something that as therapists that we just say to just tell you so you feel at ease. I mean, it's true. Everything that's discussed in session is strictly between you and the therapist. Now, there are some exceptions, you know, in terms of breaking confidentiality, which is often not talked about in, you know, the media. But it would have to be like extreme, like legal situations. And like extreme, not just any legal situation. Yes. I mean, so, you know, if there's someone in session talking about harming themselves or harming others, then, you know, we have to report that. We have to first assess to figure out, you know, the level of severity and lethality and if there's a plan, things like that to assess the seriousness of the suicide or homicidality, you know, to really look at the ideation and to see where would it go. Um, But, yeah, that and if you need to go to the hospital um, for something similar to that reason, you know, or if notes are requested, you know, subpoenaed, things like that, we have to obviously put in enough to where in the notes that the it won't invade the privacy, but we also have to let them know and be honest, like what's being discussed as far as a general conception. Um, but yes, there are certain things that can occur to where confidentiality is broken, but it's, yeah, it's usually serious, not subtle or minor, minor things that will occur. Right. That's what I understood too. So makes sense. But yes, overall it's confidential because therapy is supposed to be a safe place. It's supposed to be safe between you and your therapist. It's, it's, it's like, it's sacred. And it should be. So if you feel like it's not, find you a new therapist. <laughs> but I do think also it's like a, uh, some, you know, buzzwords right now are like self-care and things like that. I definitely think therapy is um, a form of self-care because um, you're going to someone and asking them, help me, help me. Because a therapist can't really fix any of your issues. It's you helping you help you um, from, that's how I view it. So it's definitely like a part of self-care and just like you go and get your massage and just like you listen to your music and woosah, meditate or whatever. It's, I put it in the same category as that. Just taking time for you to, to help with your mental health, because if you're not full, what was it we were watching or reading? I can't remember, but it was saying, oh, I think it was The Secret. 
when they were saying, um, you know, fill yourself up so much that you, you know, like biblical, your cup runneth over so that you run over and then that all that's running over can help others. Um, if you just deplete yourself, if you have nothing to give, you're useless to others. And as much as you want to help someone, you must first help yourself so that you're so full, your cup runneth over and they get to get all that, all that overflow. Yeah. And, you know, part of filling yourself up is also taking care of yourself physically um, because what happens with your body can often be a result of what's going on in your mind. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and it, it happens even within um, the medical profession, you know, we tend to still treat the mind, the brain as a separate entity, even though it's all in the same body. But what goes on in your brain, what goes on in the mind, does affect your body. You know, a perfect example would be if you are so anxious that you can't relax, you can't sleep, it's hard for you to keep things, well, specifically hard to keep food down in your stomach. I mean, that does affect your physical well-being. But it all stems from all the ruminating thoughts that, you know, linger in your mind. And with so much rumination that is um, future-oriented and is uh, based that you can't concentrate or can't focus, and eventually you're not going to be able to, you know, physically do things well either because you're so bogged down with these thoughts that it doesn't help you and you start to feel ill physically physically ill yeah so it's all connected i mean it's part of your body i feel like it's probably one of the most neglected parts of your body um because even like in the workplace it doesn't seem to be as respected as the physical you know in you any day you could call off and say i got a cold and Usually, you know, you can hear it over the phone or if you are in the office and you need to leave, you can usually see it somewhere or another. We can visually say, okay, yeah, they're not, you know, lying or whatever. But mental health issues is not usually something that you can see. Um, no. And so I think it's, it's for that reason. I think that being the main reason that it's not as respected, one of many. But I think that's up there on the list of reasons why mental health is not um, considered as much as physical health. Yeah. Um, Even though, like you said, they're directly connected. That's just like if you get nervous, you're thinking all these crazy thoughts. If you get nauseous, throw up. You know, have to go to the bathroom. You know, irritable. You know, intestine issues, be, all because of your thoughts, what you're thinking. So it's it's directly connected. And I definitely think it should be more respected in the workplace. Um, just as much as physical health. You should definitely have mental health days and be able to just take off without... I mean, even if... I don't know. Because also because of the stigma, like you said... That's just a tough one for me because I, 
I personally, and maybe I just need some growth, but I think just as much as I need some growth, a lot of people need growth in this area as well, which is what concerns me. Like if you were to call off and say, I need a mental health day, it wouldn't be respected. And it actually might be looked down upon like, oh, she's crazy. You know, I think that stigma definitely still strongly exists and in the workplace for sure. <clears throat> yeah. We we still haven't had the conversation or even the, I would say, the legal or legislative action to make it a thing. And I think because as Americans, you know, we are raised and taught to be so strong and, you know, just be stoic at any given time and moment, but the problem is you are also going to face times where you're not so strong, and that's okay. But, you know, I heard a colleague tell me a few years ago, even a strong branch will break. So it's not about you being strong and everything is fine. You you have to find that balance and you have to address whatever is concerning because at some point it's going to come down to you and whatever you're facing and it can overpower you. It can take you over. And that's not something that I think is emotionally, mentally, or physically healthy. You know, you have to take care of the mind. Um, another example would be like depression. You know, oftentimes people just look at depression as just prolonged sadness. I mean, yes, when it comes to diagnosing, uh, you know, depression is where you look at the duration of how long someone has been sad, but there's accompanying um, factors and symptomology associated with it. And you have to really look at all of that. And one of the hallmark symptoms usually is fatigue. You know, that's not just what you assume, like, is physical fatigue. You're tired. Um, some people tend to sleep more when they're depressed. People physically do not want to get up because they lack the energy. That's not... That's not made up. That's not imagined. That's actually happening. So that's another example of why it's imperative to take care of the mind so that way the body is also being taken care of because one does affect the other. So you have to really treat it as such. Otherwise, it's just going to be a constant battle. You know, you might hear from some people who will admit to you if they're dealing with depression that it's tiring and exhausting to do certain things. Then that's not... No, many studies have shown it. And when you have people describe their symptoms to you, it's almost like, wait a minute, that just sounds mostly physical. But that's because depression and different... Um, mental health situations often are combined like that. It's, it's not uncommon. So, yeah, taking care of your mind as much as you take care of your body 
is super important. Do not hold on to stress. Do not keep things bottled in. Find a way to discuss it, to talk about it, talk it out with someone, something, so that way you're not just in that moment and holding it all in and trying to still function. Because at some point, it's it's not going to turn out well. Yeah. Because I've definitely had moments where I'm going to a therapist for what I think is one issue. And then we start unfolding and there's a whole nother list (laughs) of issues. So... Sometimes you go and get what you're not even looking for, for the better. Um, That's definitely happened to me on several occasions. And it's all worked out well, you know. You got to really be someone that wants to do the self-work and be open to it. Sometimes it can be overwhelming in the moment. Like, oh, man, I didn't think of it that way. Oh, man, I didn't think of it that, that other way. And then you start, you know, the mind is very powerful, so you start... At least for me, <laughs> I start just mine everywhere like, wow, and then applying it to different situations like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And sometimes you're I hear a lot of people say like, why do why do people see me as whatever, fill in the blank, mean or shy or whatever? And because you don't realize how you are affecting others. And that's that's a big deal. You know, and some of those answers could be given to you in therapy because it's just opening your eyes to things that you were just not aware of and about yourself because it's all it's self-work. It's a selfish thing and in the best way to go to therapy. Yeah. That's how I see it. Isn't this necessary if you could take time out to go to a doctor's appointment to check on your physical health you can absolutely take time for a therapy session or continue therapy sessions and if you're someone like me it's great because you could just talk for an entire hour i love talking hence the podcast so i mean you could definitely find joys in it you could do whatever whatever you want with your session, just like with any other medical situation or dealing with um, any type of professional when it comes to health, whether it be medical or mental health professional, you make it like, yes, of course, you trust them to guide you and help you. But if you want to use that session to just get some peace and quiet, you can say, can I just get 10 minutes of silence? They'll give it to you. You know what I'm saying? It, it just like with it, with medical situations, you tell them, "I don't want that procedure. I don't want that medication. I don't want that." You know, they have to, to an extent, abide by it. So you can shape the space as well. Though, if it's a good therapist, you know, I would say for the most part, let them help you and prompt you. But just some days. You just got to say, I need this today. Because they're just, they're, like I said before, they're only human. They're picking up on your vibes. They're picking up off of what you last discussed. And that's how they 
that's how they work. But if you, so you just got to speak. Just like, oh, I've always said to people, like, you can't expect a doctor to know what's going on with you if you don't, if you're not honest with them. How many people, you know, go to the doctor and lie? Well, what's the point? <laughs> if you're not going to tell them that you've been doing X, Y, and Z, they're not going to know. So if you're just going to sit there and lie, they can't help you. Same thing with therapy. There's a lot of parallels. If you're going to sit there and lie, they can't help you. So help them help you. And when therapists reflect on the things that you say or, and when I say reflect, I mean we give you a summary of what you said based on what we heard and understood if it doesn't sound accurate you know it's okay to say well no that's not what I meant or no that's not what I said Mm -hmm. because as therapists we also make mistakes as well you know we thought we understood what we heard and maybe that's not how it came out Mm -hmm. you know and there are times where I would say to a client like Okay, so, you know, it sounds like you're saying this. And then they will say, well, no, that's not what I said. Oh, okay. Could you say more about that? And that's just for us to get more clarification on what it is that you meant. So understand, too, that therapists are not perfect. We're human. And therapists need therapists. So it's just a whole circle of everyone taking care of themselves in the best way, you know. Um, Therapy might be way more helpful for one person than the other in different areas. Um, I had a therapist tell me they don't believe in keeping someone in therapy forever. And that was the first time one has said that. But I'm sure there's therapists that do want to keep clients in therapy but some mm, that gets sticky so I'm not even gonna go too much down that avenue but for me just speaking from someone who's received therapy and is married to a therapist um, for me I think that different bouts in my life call for therapy I, I do do therapy on a regular basis as far as not going a whole year without you know, seeing a therapist, if I can, because also in the in the nation that we live in, therapy is a luxury because it's expensive. You know, it's not the same as medical and it's not billed the same. It's very, very much so divide between. But I would just say do your research in your area and, you know, like the college, the university near us does it for free. You know, it's limited. You only get, you know, I think a couple months of it. Um, and then, it, it, you know, it's training, training psychologists. But, I mean, it's it's better than than nothing at that point. And, you know, there, there are different things. And now with, unfortunately, you know, with COVID, having, um, what's it called, teletherapy, teleappointments, Telehealth. Telehealth appointments. Um, you, you know, you can be essentially as long as you have a telephone, you can schedule these appointments. Um, to, you just got to find the right places. And ugh, I don't have all the details, but I know Taraji P. Henson, she 
uh, I don't want to say it wrong, but she was offering, I know, through her website and stuff for black therapists. You could reach a black therapist and get therapy um, for free. I'm pretty sure. I don't know all the details, but if you're looking for therapy, I would start there because I know that was telehealth from my understanding. Um, so if you're in a rural area or anything like that, as long as you have a telephone, and I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have a telephone or access to make a call, whether it be through your internet or whatever, um, I would say start there if you're really like not able to, if you don't have health care, you don't have the funds to, because it does cost. It is a profession. They do make money. So it's going to have some type of cost from somewhere, whether a third party is paying for it or whatever. Um, yeah, so that would be my suggestions there. But as far as keeping rounds in therapy, um, I never, ever since I started therapy, I don't think I've gone a full year without seeing a therapist at least once. And I don't really wish I would have started sooner. I think I started at a, at a good time. So it's just different for everyone. You know, some people might need them young. A lot of children go to therapy. Yeah. So it's just kind of a personal decision or, of course, in that case, the adult in your life's decision. Um, but once you're an adult, it's a personal decision. But I definitely think um, I was definitely a person who went during a really hard time. And ever since then, I realized how important that it was. And I probably should have gone sooner. But it just really is not something that, you know, my family talks about or no one's really going to therapy. They just want to say, oh, you know, pray to God. And, you know, you got to talk to your friends, talk to your mama or talk to you, whoever. You know, it's not the same. Not to say those people aren't useful and, and God's, you know, definitely powerful. Yeah. You know, but therapist is definitely the avenue, one of the many avenues you can take. Because just because you talk to the therapist... Don't mean you still can't rant to your friend or your trusted loved one. But like Chris was saying exactly. earlier, they have my they do, without a doubt, have biased opinion. But not to make it not valid, it's just bias. Because they know you and y'all have a personal experience together and all that. And they're gonna have rose-tinted glasses when it comes to you or possibly the opposite. Like, you done burned them one too many times, so they gonna cut you deep, you know, and not really heal you, cut you. So, it just depends. You're not gonna experience that in, in therapy. And if you do, you can switch. You can't switch, friends. <laughs> I mean, you can, but then you're back to square one. You can't, you know, make up for long-lasting relationships, but um, I definitely think therapy is the answer to a lot of things, or part of the answer to a lot of things. Yeah, it's not, it's not as simple, you know, as some people may think, and again, going back to the relationships that, you know, you have with family and friends, the dynamics that you may have with them, you know, can also impact, again, the way you think and the way you feel to the point where even if you talk with them about 
things that you're going through, they're just going to give you their point of view based on their own personal experience, which may not align with your own experiences that you're dealing with in that moment or at that time. So that's another reason why seeing a therapist is important because maybe the therapist has some of those experiences that you're talking about and he or she can give you a different perspective on how to look at it or a different perspective on how to go about the situation. But you don't know. And it's totally understandable, again, to see a total stranger who's going to talk with you about whatever you're dealing with as kind of scary and you feel uncomfortable, but understand they're not there to tell you your problem. And I know uh, movies love to do that because a lot of movies, when it comes to therapy, they like to use the psychoanalytic approach with Sigmund Freud and talking about your childhood and your parents and things like that. You know, those things are important, but depending on the type of therapist you see and their training and the approaches that he or she uses, that's not necessarily going to be a focal point. The focal point essentially is what's going on with you now and how can we help you get through it? And sometimes, yeah, that will mean you go back into the past through your childhood, or that could be, you know, maybe a couple of years ago or whatever events that occurred that has led to or impacted the way you function. Because our objective or our main goal is to make sure that you function at an optimal level. That's that's our goal. So, yeah, talking with family and friends is okay for a lot of things, but sometimes because of the bias that's unconscious, it's probably better to speak with a professional who can just listen to what you have to say and give you a different perspective or point of view. Yeah. So, you know, if you, if you listen this far into the, to our podcast today, Please, um, you know, comment and share your experiences, the ones that you want to share um, with us, you know, in positive or negative, um, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. If it's something you want to share personally with us, you can send it in our DM and on any you know platform, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, any any of those, whatever you're most comfortable with and just share your stories, you know, definitely creating community of people that are on the same page with searching. Because some people, it's like, for me, I, I forget because I'm so into the mental health thing that there's still tons of people out there that are uncomfortable. They they haven't talked with anyone about it. They haven't heard much about it. It just depends on your circle. Because even with social media algorithms and stuff, you're not going to see certain things. So if you're not following or interested in people that are talking about mental health and you're not in an environment where people are talking about mental health, you may definitely not come across um, information or the notion of getting a therapist or finding a therapist to help to help you. So just, I think by sharing stories and just things that you know, or if you have questions or anything like that, just comment, let us know, DM us if it's something you don't want the world to know. Um, and we could just 
talk about that and discuss a little bit more, a little bit deeper on what, you know, you guys have questions on or want to share, maybe some topics, something we didn't touch on today um, that would benefit others who are listening or following. So, did you have anything else to say? No, Pop. I think we covered it. I think so, too. So, I think I forgot to do this a a couple of um, uh, episodes, but I'm going to try to dive back into it. Um, So, a quote to go with what we are discussing today, mental health and therapy, is um, it's from happyplace.com and it says, mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. So just learn to be the best driver of your vehicle, no matter where you're going. That's what's most important. Yes, so, absolutely. I liked that one. Oh, yeah. And I think that wraps up today. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Make sure you rate and review if you like what you hear. Also, like, subscribe, comment, and share with a friend. See ya.